So, Berto, someone wrote in and wanted us to talk about women who perpetrate sexual violence on other women because okay. she uh, has – and I'll read her email in a second – but she wanted us to raise awareness of this uh, issue that doesn't get talked about very much. Wow. Um, are you ready for this? I don't know if I am, but I am interested. This is the Psychology in Seattle podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Kirk Honda. I'm a therapist and a professor. My name is Umberto Castaneda, and I prepare French macaroons. So as a caveat to this, I just want to say that this episode is not about men's rights or about anti-feminism or anything like that. I could see how people might click on this and think like, oh, this is... Oh, see, women do it too. Yeah, right. Um, I'm a staunch feminist. I'm not the sort of feminist that's being talked about on the internet, um, which is a straw straw woman, if you will. <laughs> um, but I'm the kind of feminist who believes that people need... Everyone should be treated well and fairly and, um, so to speak, equally, men and women included. Um, also, um, we both recognize that research demonstrates that most perpetrators of sexual assault are men. In fact, in the United States, it's mostly white men. Um, but many are women. And, and actually, some research suggests that among sexual violence perpetrators, there might be many, many more women doing it than we typically understand, especially if we broaden the definition of sexual assault, because we tend to see sexual assault, uh, especially in the past, as like the rape of a man on a woman and there's a penis going inside right. something. Um, but we know now that you can be sexually assaulted without penetration, yep. without a penis being involved at all. Um, and it, it has more to do with um, the act of fear and the threat and um, coercion and this kind of thing. I learned about these statistics uh, when the Me Too movement started because um, someone posted, a man posted a Me Too, but like a story that they had gone through and they got a lot of hate. Like, how dare you take that? And then I remember posting- Hate from who? Uh, from people saying that this isn't about men, it's about women. And I, I was trying to make the point that uh, isn't it about sexual abuse of power and sexual abuse? And I, uh, I looked up statistics because I was curious. I'm like, is this really just a female problem? And no, it's it's not. It, like, and in fact, like what you were saying, uh, there there's a chance that a lot of males underreport because it is uh, taboo to say that you've been. I mean, I certainly can speak directly to how, for most of my life as a young person and then into my early 20s I felt like it'd be ridiculous for me to call it sex that, that I had been sexually abused that, that's right because you had a babysitter right who was a lot older than you and yeah. she sexually assaulted you right and it wasn't like she held you down at knife point no nope. but it was coercive and abusive because it was not age appropriate Right. And it wasn't, um, you didn't really, you weren't really given a choice. At, at least that was free, you know? Yeah. You weren't, you know, it wasn't like a willful thing uh, in the beginning. And so, um, and of course, in our society, if if there was a male 
babysitter that had sex with a how old are you? I was five. Yeah. Had, you know, a, a male babysitter had sex with a five-year-old girl. Like, every, oh, oh, it's rape. That's yeah. terrible. But somehow when it's a when it's a girl babysitter, it's like, well, you know. Well, I used to tell it as like, oh, dude, like this happened to me, you know. Right. And then it took a while and therapy and and me acting out in horrible ways for me to realize, oh. You were traumatized, and, traumatized. and had trauma reactions. Yeah. And so we're talking about female violence on men and males, but we're also going to be talking about in this episode about women violence on women. Um, And, you know, the other part of this caveat, I just want to say, you know, the fact that I have to say this preamble is evidence that our society is screwed up when it comes to sex in general, and particularly when it comes to female perpetrators of sexual violence. It's just really silly that it's evidence that we need an episode like this yeah. Because I need to have a preamble like this. Yeah. I, I need to have a preamble that says this isn't about men's rights, right? And this, and I'm a feminist, but I'm but I'm the good kind of feminist. Yeah. And also, I also need to, you know, we also fully recognize the, you know, the fact that men perpetrate these crimes, according to research, seemingly much more often than yeah. women do. Uh, it's like, why do we have to say that? Right. You know. Okay. So, patron Eve wrote in, and she said we could say her name because she wants to raise awareness about this. Okay. She says, it's a bit of a long one, but I think it's worth hearing her different uh, nuances here. I was wondering if you could talk about woman-on-woman sexual assault and rape. A few months ago, I disclosed to my therapist that I had been assaulted by, uh, I had been assaulted my freshman year by another girl in my dorm. She was one of the first people I had disclosed my queer identity to and was very supportive, which I now see as predatory and manipulative. When I disclosed to my therapist, when I disclosed this to my therapist, she immediately told me that what happened was sexual assault and rape and that it explained a lot of my PTSD symptoms. Since then, we have we have started deconstructing the societal messages that I received that kept me from recognizing the assault for what it was. The main one being that women are not violent, especially not sexually violent. And so it could not have possibly been assault or rape. It's taken me seven years of living, of living with PTSD symptoms and lots of denial to get to a place where I could start dealing with what actually happened. I can only think that if there had been more education and awareness, I would have been able to recognize the assault for what it was and get, and get help earlier. I didn't really know her that well at the time. We were mainly just acquaintances. She lived in my dorm and we had a few classes together. At one point, she asked me if I was gay and I said yes. She was very supportive, offering to take me out to a few gay bars and and introduce me to some of her queer-identified friends since I was new to town and didn't know that many people. She identified as straight at the time and had a boyfriend. We were in a class together, and we had to watch a movie outside of class, so she invited another classmate and me to come over and watch the movie in her dorm room. When I arrived, she immediately locked the door and let me know that the other classmate who was supposed to be there wasn't feeling well and wasn't going to be there. I already felt uncomfortable that she, because she immediately locked the door, but I dismissed it, thinking that um, maybe she just didn't want her other roommate coming in or something. So we started watching the movie. At some point, she pinned me down and began assaulting me, sexually assaulting me. I dissociated for most of it, so I don't remember many of the details. She had, she had glow-in-the-dark stars on her ceiling, which I repeatedly counted in my head until it was over. Uh, 
As I got up to leave, she nonchalantly asked me if I wanted to meet meet up over the weekend to work on a project that was due for another class. I didn't know how to process what had just happened, so I said, sure. My therapist has described this as crazy-making, which really helped me understand how much of a mindfuck it was. I think her gaslighting behavior afterward was actually more difficult in some ways than the assault itself. I denied it for a really long time, saying that she didn't know what she was doing and that it was just a misunderstanding. It was only when my PTSD symptoms began to limit my functioning that I finally was able to process it. Anyway, I hope sharing my story helps someone. I certainly wish I had had that. Any reactions, Bruno? Yeah. Um, so it it shows how much bias I still hold in my head where I hear that this person dissociated and I think, well, really? Like, because my... my uh, I, and I'm saying that this is wrong, but like in my head, I'm, I was thinking, come on, you remember what happened. And it's like, well, well you can remember being dissociative. Dissociation means you go to a place in your brain that's sort of detached from your body. Yeah. And I have I have done that. But I I, I am I clearly you, not empathetic enough about and it. And you can remember. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, what are you saying? I don't know what you're saying. So I'm sort of I, I I'm I'm sort of like guilting myself a bit because I as you were reading that part, I thought to myself, like I was skeptical of what of her narrative in that point of the story that she had dissociated and doesn't remember a lot of the details. Uh oh. And and the reason, again, I'm not saying this is right. I'm saying that because in my head. I remember my details. So I'm like, why wouldn't someone else remember their details? But that's oh. clearly not. So you're just skeptical of the dissociation. You're not skeptical of... I'm, the- I, I'm not actually skeptical. I'm saying what was running through my head you as you were reading. You have a knee-jerk reaction. My a, knee-jerk reaction was A cultural was knee-jerk reaction. Yes. Yeah. And, and I actually, because in general, I tend to remember things unless I was too drunk or something. So I, I tend to think, well, no, I remember things. But so that, that was one knee-jerk reaction. The other one was... Um, how immediately aggressive to lock the door. Mm. And then I, but then I look back at, at me when I was in high school, I think I've told this story where I, I was parked with my girlfriend and I lowered, I, I, I moved the lever that lowers the seat back. And so it lowered suddenly her seat, her seat. And she sort of laughed and I thought, I was like, oh, that's kind of a neat maneuver. I heard later from a friend that she had talked to that she got super freaked out in that moment. Now, keep in mind, she had had many story slash experiences of people being sexually aggressive with her and potentially, we I don't know what was real or not, but potentially raping her or something. So it might have been PTSD. But in either case, that action that I took that I was like, what? I'm just lowering your seat. She was highly distressed by it. Right. And I didn't know it. Well, was that the first time you'd made out with her? No, but, you know, it was... Early just, on? It was early on in the relationship, right. for sure. Yeah, and so so I, what I'm saying is that even though I when, I... when you read the thing about she locked the door immediately, I'm like, whoa, that's creepy. Then, then at the same time, I'm thinking, well, is this college? Is she just unaware of well, what that could be? Well, okay, so... Yeah. So, yeah. And I, I'm glad you're pointing out some of the some of these things. So, for people who have been assaulted uh, in this way, 
Because right. you, you haven't been assaulted in this way. Not in this way. No. Um, you were uh, coerced as a extremely innocent, unknowing five-year-old into doing completely unage appropriate. Yeah. Actions that I didn't acts. even really understand. Right. Yeah. Whereas, um, this is an adult woman, right. Uh, who was going through something and the, for people who have been through similar experiences like this, they will instantly know the details. They, they feel, cause Eve isn't giving us any details. Right. There's one sentence that she just, she described. She just says at some point she pinned me down and began assaulting. Right. Me. So from that, you're like, pinned you down, you know, if right. it, so if you can't relate, you'll just be like, well, that what do you mean, mean so many things? What do you mean? Like, like yeah. she, she got on top of you. Cause that's yeah. what people do when they make right. out. People get on top of people as yeah. you mean, pinned down and assaulting. What do you mean? Assaulting? Like she just, like she made out with you, like right. what's going on. And so, um, and for, particularly for people who culturally believe that assaults have to involve some sort of penetration. And they're like, right. well, how can a woman penetrate, you know, which of course they can, but, yeah. but anyway, um, so, f- but for people who have been through this, they, and for me who has heard so many stories, right. I, I know she was assaulted because I, cause she's saying a few things. One is, is that, um, that she was pinned down and, and she used the word assault and then she dissociated. So what I'm reading between the lines which I'm positive were present was a message of danger that the perpetrator gave, right. um, probably on purpose, or at least was implying danger because she wanted something. And in the same way that any rape, you know, we can all imagine a male doing it, right? right. But females are just as capable of the exact same mental right. process and motivation as a male rapist can be, exact same. And so... Um, so there's that. The other thing is that she wouldn't be talking about it. Most people don't talk about sexual assaults anyway. Right. So the fact that she's even labeling it as, as an assault, you know, is, is it's, you know, very, very likely there are a lot of details here that she's not talking about. Maybe because of PTSD, she doesn't want to go into the details. I don't know. But, um, you don't, you don't, you don't dissociate, when you only dissociate when there's a message of danger, yeah, you know, and and also the other key factor here is she talks about how she just stared at the ceiling um, and waited for it to get over. If you're having sex with someone and they're just staring at the ceiling, waiting for it to get be over, like okay, when you're in a movie theater and you don't like the movie, right. And you just sort of stare at the ceiling because you don't like the movie, then that's one thing. Because, but there's no feedback loop because it's a it's a unfeeling movie screen that right. isn't doesn't have empathy. When you're having sex between two people, mm-hmm. there are so many messages of consent and enjoyment or lack of yeah. that um, are undeniable. And if you've never assaulted someone or you've never been assaulted, then my guess is, is that every single sexual encounter you've had has been, for the most part, consensual to both people. And uh, when someone is not consenting and someone's not into it, Mm -hmm. then it's very clear to the other person. 
And so my, I'm assuming that that's the state that was happening. And the perpetrator, this woman perpetrator, did it anyway, you know? And then afterwards, just and never at, at any, because this is the first time they've been together, right. you know? And she has a boyfriend. So it's like, it's just like, boom, you know? And that's another tactic that rapists will do is sudden, um, sudden aggression because they've learned over time that if they build up to it, the person will get, a, they'll, they'll get away. Right. So you have to like suddenly, boom, make it happen. And you act like nothing happened afterwards. You're like, oh, okay, well, you know, like, you know, Weinstein would do that all the time. Right, right. No, okay, see you at the office. talk about the movie. Yeah, and it's a tactic that people use because they know they've done something wrong and they don't want to get in trouble. And so, and there's two witnesses in this room. And so if I gaslight the other witness, then I get away with it, you know? And so anyway, so for people who have been assaulted, they hear that story, they're like, ooh, I know the details that are in there. Um, it's sort of like, you know, talking about a horrific car accident or something or a bike. Let me say a bike accident right. or a near bike accident. Let me just say that. Like if I like there was this one time I was biking around Green Lake and I was in the bike lane. There's a bike lane that goes around Green Lake. The, the, the bike lane on the street. Do you know the bike? There's yeah, like yeah. the regular yeah. path. Then there's a street and there's a bike right. lane. I'm in the bike lane. It's my lane. Cars can't come in the bike lane. Right. Well, uh, I was I was going to the bike lane, and there was a car. To, you know, cars kind of, kind of zooming by, and then this car wanted to go around another car because it was turning left, and so it went. It just jammed into the bike lane without oh without looking or anything, and went around the car. And in that minute, I didn't get hit, but I nearly got hit, and I oh I saw my life like pass before me because I was like. If I was half a second, you know, into the future, yeah, I would be dead or or break my neck or something. And I didn't wear a helmet back right. then. And oh so, God, I, so scary. I was like, oh, my God. OK, so to people who have been through experiences like that, they know exactly what I'm talking about. Right. They've had those experiences. They, they'll feel it in their bones. For people who don't, they're, or and especially people who hate bicyclists, they'll be like, well, fuck you for being on the road or whatever. Yeah. Anyway, my point is, is that when I read this story, I, I read between the lines that there was coercion. Right. There was a lack of responsiveness from the perpetrator about her discomfort. There was, there was total lack of regard for the victim regarding whether or not she cared. I mean, the perpetrator might have even wanted the victim to not uh, want, because there are people yeah. who get off from doing things to people who don't want it to happen to them. And women right. are just as capable of that uh, disorder as men are. Now, I do wonder one thing. So um, because of, uh, well, very likely because of my trauma, uh, as you know, when I was younger, I did cross boundaries uh, in a few occasions where I was in a social situation and I inappropriately touched a woman thinking in my head it was totally appropriate and I'm sure she was enjoying it. And later to find out that it was not appropriate and she definitely didn't enjoy it. And, uh, you know, and I was like, what? And it wasn't until I went through therapy and I realized that I was traumatized. All these things that I'm like, Oh, geez, I was just acting out me being the abuser and blah, 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 blah. So I do wonder 
but but I'm sure there are different kinds of abusers, different kind of amounts of awareness, all the way to a psychopath that's like planning all these little things and everything. But um, I do wonder, you know, at, at what level someone is just acting out their own, you know, uh, what, what you were calling dissociation of their own. Like it could be that she was abused too, and she not. I'm not excusing her behavior, of course. I'm just saying no. that it's like it's interesting because no, she might have been like, "Oh, I like this girl." So, okay, right. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna. And, and you know, I, I can re- relate my. What I can relate the most to is when I used to go on shopping sprees, where I would absolutely dissociate clothing. You know, you're using dissociation, maybe a little liberally, but it could uh, be, yeah. But yeah, or let me let me uh, not use the word. Let me say. I would be in this situation where the, there was this part of my mind that would say, "Like, wait, why are you walking into the store right now?" No, you should. And then, then a different part would take over, and I would go into an, an unstoppable path, and and it felt like that's what I have to do. And only much later would I look back and be like, "Oh, I shouldn't have done that." Right. right. So it's possible that the uh, patron Eve's perpetrator. Yeah was like you in that she had been abused and in the moment, well, so in those moments, if I were just to stop time when you were doing those things to those women uh, and harming them and I stopped you and I said, okay, so I'm fairly sure what you're doing right now is non-consensual and scary to this other person. Um, Would you say, what? Like, would you be completely unaware or would you be like, yeah, I was sort of like in denial of that fact. But now that you pointed out, maybe that's true. I don't know. What would you say? I, I honestly don't remember because I used to definitely confuse partying, being at parties and partying and being drunk with, yeah, I don't know. We're just touching like people touch each other. Like, so were you, were you confused or in denial, I guess, is the question. Because you were late, because you were modeled a yeah. a psychopathic version of of sexuality right, as right. a child that you right. that you followed in that foot, foot footsteps. So it's possible you were confused, but it's also possible you were in denial. Of, well, I, I will say this: I don't think I would have ever done any of those sober. Okay, so I don't know if that. I think I feel like that makes it so that if I because if I had been sober. I would have been aware of the inappropriateness of the context of everything. But because I wasn't in my mind, I was like not even thinking that way. It's just like, well, I don't know. We're at a party. This is what's happening. This is what we do. So the next day you would sober up and if someone- No, 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 no. It took, it took a long time. Like I didn't think I had done anything wrong for years. Okay. So it sounds more like confused. Yeah, I guess so. And but, po- because- possibly in denial, but- because in one know, of these you, cases, my so in friend, denial, you don't know you're in denial. Right. In one of these cases, my friend, like it, it directly affected a friendship with someone because it was like his girlfriend. And and in my mind, I was sorry about like that aspect. Like, oh, you're right. That's that's terrible. But in my mind, I had done nothing wrong beyond that until way later when I was like, oh, man, I was so horrible, mm. you know, and and I got lucky in a sense that I never. Did transgressed you, beyond, you know, I never actually like, uh, I, it never progressed beyond that because I, I do think that it, 
if left unchecked, I could have become like a, a really bad individual. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is interesting. I didn't know we were going to go to this place, uh, given that you're, I knew, I suspected we talked about your victim status, but not your perpetrator status. So, status. so one sort of last question about this is, um, so in those moments, did you willingly do something that was harmful to other people or were you completely convinced that it was above board or were you just in general a little unempathetic towards other human beings? I don't think it was a, well, I mean, I didn't think it was a lack of empathy. I, cause what would go through my mind was like, Ooh, I think we're having a moment here. And, and then without words, what a moment translates to, so I'm adding words that didn't really exist. What a moment translates to is I should probably grab this person's crotch. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Right. And like, of course, analyzing it much later and in therapy, I was like, oh yeah. Cause like that was the model. I'm like, Hey, little kid, come here, do this to me. And it was like such a mechanical, like, so in my mind, there wasn't any like progression, natural progression. And again, it was always alcohol was involved in on both sides. So people were drunk. We were at a social event. Sure. So sober the next day before you were enlightened, if I would have said, so tell me what happened last night. And you're like, okay, well, so I was with this girl and like, we, so I felt some chemistry. We were having some back and forth. And then I, so I just went for it. I just grabbed her in the pussy. Yeah. <laughs> right. Hey, they just let you do it when you're famous. Right. Um, but no, that's what you say. Yeah. So I, you know, I just, I just grabbed her and, yeah. and yeah. And then she, she laughed and I don't know, things got a little weird after that. And I sort of lost track of her and, um, and, uh, I don't know, maybe I'll try to get her phone number the next time I see her or something. And then I'm like, um, so, what like did 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 so you, before you even kissed her before you even like went to I don't know on a date or something you just like right there like in the middle of the, the public situation you just like grabbed her like like is that what you did you're like oh yeah well Kirk you weren't there um, yeah no I would have been like well yeah I mean doesn't everyone like it's happened to me like definitely a thing you do yeah we, we were playing around we're like just playing around just she, she was into it she thing. liked she liked it yeah and if i said do you have any direct evidence that she um liked that interaction you know right uh other than her potentially an awkward reaction to which that. by the way i would not have said that there was an awkward reaction yeah i would have said like what awkward we, i mean it was quick, quick and brief and we didn't do anything else. So, so one last sort of bit here. What if I would have said, Umberto, there's a possibility that she felt sexually assaulted in that moment. I, of course, have no idea. Maybe she fully enjoyed it and wanted more, and she's upset that you didn't take it further. But given your description, based on my experience, there's a possibility that she right. is at home right now feeling as though she was essentially raped by you last right. night. Um what would you have said to that? Well, in fact, what happened to me, which is that my friend confronted me. I don't know if it was the very next day, but he definitely confronted me and said, like, this person is, was very affected by that. And I, and I was confused. I was like, uh, 
and and like I said, I mostly felt bad because it was his girlfriend. So I was like, that was not what because I felt it bad was about. not because she. I, I that part I was like, what do you mean? Like there wasn't a th- like. It's not like why she feel bad, and it's so actually, I'm I'm probably adding even things that weren't even there because honestly, in my head, what probably was was the thing is well, okay, so she feels bad because she's his girlfriend, and we probably shouldn't have done that. Okay, and I feel bad because it is, and I and I was a dick and I was drunk. I shouldn't have done that, and that was the extent of it. But you didn't think I assaulted? I crossed. No, that was not in my vocabulary, mentally or otherwise. Yeah, at all. Even though you had been assaulted, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't even a thing. Yeah. Um, so I didn't know the triggers. I didn't know my actions that I that I would take that were in that direction. Like it, it just not. I was completely unaware of that connection. That's interesting. Oh, well, um, but then I became painfully aware. Yeah. When I started going through it in therapy, and when I started realizing, you know, all the other things that were self-abuse like you know uh, things that i did like at a strip club for example that were pretty unhealthy and like oh, yeah but, but it was me all- it was me acting out things that i didn't realize i was acting out and all these yeah. things so it took a long time and a lot of process for me to realize and then i i years later apologized to my friend i, I was no longer in contact with the person unfortunately but i apologized to my friend in a different way because uh you know yeah that. well i commend you for your path and it makes sense, and the unfortunate aspect of this is that you were abused when you were five, obviously, yeah. and then that led to um, behaviors and suffering for you mainly and others around you uh, yeah. as a result of that. And uh, you became enlightened, and that is good. Yeah. Um and it gives some insight into how these kinds of cycles per- perpetuate, you know, like how many people don't become enlightened, you know, right. and just continue to act out or get or it gets worse. You yeah. Because that's the other thing is, and if you alluded to this, I don't know if you were talking about this specifically, but say you didn't become enlightened or didn't have ways of getting your sexual needs met or lived right. in a more misogynistic group of people or something. And you uh, increased those behaviors, escalated them. Right. And then you now you associate getting boners with things in that direction. Right. And then it escalates to kind of a fetish of like, I wonder if I can get, I wonder if I can corner a girl and grab her. Right. You know, or I can, you know, force the girl into the bathroom stall and like make something happen, you know? And and meanwhile, in your head, it's just like, well, you know, she wouldn't have done it if she didn't like it, you know? Right. Totally. And by the way, one weird thing, and I, and I used to think this was kind of common, but I'm thinking it can't be common based on the trends and and you'll see what I mean. Uh, I never got excited personally like, you know, just explicitly, I never got an erection or even the beginnings of an erection uh, from that kind of activity or when I was at a strip club. And I always thought, well, when I started analyzing where all this came from and stuff, I thought, oh, well, yeah, because I was so little when this happened to me and I wouldn't get an erection back then. So, but I don't know that that's entirely true, but for whatever reason, 
it was never about my satisfaction. So like you would think like, oh, I must have gotten really excited. But it wasn't. It was always like a, it was like a, like a zombie acting out a script or something like that, right? Mm. And, and alcohol was absolutely always involved. In other words, like I said, never would I have done that sober. Yeah, and I'm glad you bring this up because I often have this point of view. And I think you're really, I hope to people who listen to this podcast making a good case for it because people like you and and respect you and think that you're a good person and you weren't like a terribly different person before um, you were less mature and weren't recovered right so there's that but you know from what I gather you were a nice person um, what year do you want to tell me yeah, what yeah, year? yeah this this would have been I mean the year of enlightenment Oh, I, the I, year of enlightenment. Uh, was it before I met you? Yeah, yeah. Well, my well, my path started before I met you. I I started because my first big situation was that panic attack, and that was like in oh three or something. Is that after the Sopranos came out? Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, and then I start, but I actually didn't know that that's what it was, even oh. though I had watched the Sopranos. But um. I I started going to therapy and stuff, but I still like you know as you know it wasn't like okay and then I was fine. No? Yeah, I mean it took me like a decade. Yeah, I mean by the <laughs> time I met you, uh, apparently according to what you're saying, you were better, but you definitely weren't at the end of the road there because no, no. um, I I saw you. Do and that's stuff. ten years ago. Yeah, yeah, but it, but it had already been like at least four, maybe even five years of. Of starting to reimagine everything. And yeah. And so the thesis that I often have around human beings is that um, a lot of bad things happen as the result of understandable beginnings. Yeah. And we often paint perpetrators in these, you know, extremely nefarious uh, premeditated knowing uh, lights. Right. And uh, certainly that can be the case. And maybe Eve's perpetrator fully knew what she was doing. Uh, completely understood. I'm going to invite, you know, it's not unheard of. I'm going to invite this woman over to my place. Uh, I know I'm not going to invite that other person. Um, I'm going to lock the door because right. I don't want anyone interrupting me. While and I don't know, maybe it wasn't even a, well, maybe it was a lock that she, the Eve couldn't even access. I don't know. Um, I'm going to. I, I know I've done this before. I know if I pin her down, she won't. You know, I could so I can rape her. You know, um, you know there are men and women who uh, do that completely knowingly, uh, and there are people who perpetrate uh, all sorts of horribleness in the denial state or confused state. Um, that you're uh, right. talking about, which um, I believe. And um, for example, when someone with borderline is uh, emotionally abusive or physically abusive with their spouse or someone with narcissistic personality, they're terrified. And uh, so take someone with borderline, um, you know, you... Uh, you're, you're this, your, your wife is borderline. You come home 
from uh, work three hours late and you have alcohol in your breath and your wife has been, you know, sitting at home wondering where you've been this whole time. And because of her trauma regarding abandonment, which was a very real thing to her growing up, uh, she is extremely scared and hurt by um, what to you seems like a normal variation in your coming home behaviors. But to her, for three hours, she's been utterly terrified, dysregulated, maybe even cutting to mm. cope. And you come home and, and you're just like, huh, well, what? And, and that really hurts her because it seems like you don't even really care because she interprets it as you not caring about her feelings. And then she proceeds to get very angry at you, and maybe you start defending yourself, and maybe she punches you in the face. Right. Or she Thanks. throws your stuff out into the street or something. Right. Um, if you stop her in that moment and say, wait a second, your husband just had a couple of drinks with his friends after work, he, and he came home three hours later than you thought he would, um, do you think it's okay to punch him in the face? Right. She would say, yes. You don't understand right. what he did to me. Like, so, um, so that it's not a premeditated, like, ha ha ha, I'm going to control my husband, you know, yeah. when he gets so home. So I can punch him in the face. Yeah. Because I love to punch husbands in the face. And the same goes right. for, for men of who perpetrate intimate partner violence. It's the same scenario. You know, the wife, um, uh, you know, says something disparaging about him while they're at a, dinner party and he um, is so traumatized by uh, looking bad when, when he grew up because what looking bad was equated with was essentially like not getting any love or attention, maybe literally becoming an orphan because your parents use so much drugs and you as a kid interpreted it as you not being good enough. So you spent your whole life trying to be perfect and good. And there you're at a dinner party and your wife is talking a little bit of shade about you to, to your, to your friends and it deeply traumatizes you and you have a deep traumatic reaction and terror of lot of worry of loss that mm. is very relevant to you. And then you go home and because you're so terrified of these feelings, you don't know how to process them. You're not enlightened the you way Berto you have. And so, so you, so you say, okay, how do I stop this feeling? Well, I'm going to make sure this never fucking happens right, again. And I'm going right. to beat the shit out of her right. and I'm going to tell her, you do this again, this is, what, this is what's going to happen. Right. Okay. It's because I love you. Right. Yeah. Well, and so you stop that person in the middle of that act and you say like, so are you doing this because you're evil? You know, they'll be like, no, you don't understand. I love this woman, but it's blah, 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 blah. Yeah. You don't, you don't understand what she did to me. Right, right. You know, she, she right. said da, 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 da. Right. You know, I've heard these statements from people. Because this is an important distinction is that, um, for example, and I am a hundred percent sure about this. If there had ever been a situation where I was doing something and the person's like, let's say I was trying to kiss or even dance with someone actually, even hold their hand or even talk to them. Cause this has happened. Like if they said, uh, no, like I always instantly stop and back off. Right. And so in my mind, I think what happened is I thought that, that's the only, not the only, but like, you know, for someone, for, for there to be like, an, uh, like a, a negative sign that you should progress, it's got to be like, you know, someone said no, or someone 
pulled away or something. Yeah. And 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 I just wasn't aware that but, that there are boundaries that that you don't cross. Well, no, I, I I disagree because the vast majority of men do not suffer from the behaviors that you exhibited, and they have the exact same misconception. I see. The the difference is you were not picking up on or regarding of other people's subtle messages of um, them not wanting you to do X, Y, or Z um, because of what you went through. You weren't actively disregarding it, but you were either subconsciously or were never taught the, 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 you know, the beginnings of developing that, that, that radar. Cause most people uh, know instinctually not to grab someone in the crotch in that situation, you know, and yet they have the same notion of like, well, as long as she is, she, if she, as long as she doesn't say no, then we're in the clear, right? Like a lot of, a lot of men, especially back then had that notion. Um, but, but yeah, but there's a little more subtlety to it in the sense that, you know, like I would hear stories from my friends starting in junior high and high school about like any number of encounters like that that then progressed even further or, or reverse encounter where, you know, and, and I suspect, and maybe I'm wrong that those encounters, uh, the way the subtleties played out, neither one of the people involved felt assaulted. Right. Right. No, I'm sure. Well, I don't know if I'm sure, but at least some of them probably not. Right. Uh, but I certainly, and this is to your point, I certainly didn't, know that there would be subtlety. I guess that's the point. Right. And and for the vast majority of people, they, through the regular upbringing around this sort of thing, or I don't know how, what percentage, a, a high percentage of people, they, through learning and experimenting, they figure out how to gauge consent without having to verbally say it, you know? Yeah, like like as an example, the first time this ever happened... I was actually six years, uh, six or seven, and uh, this little girl got in our car who was a family, the daughter of a family friend, and she was my age. Actually, she was a year older than me, and she sat next to me, and I thought she was very cute, and we had just met, or we had met that day. It was like the first day we met or whatever. You thought, you thought she was cute in the way a seven-year-old yeah. thinks someone's Yeah, she's cute. pretty or whatever, yeah. right? And you didn't so, want to have sex with her or kiss her or anything. No, but, but, but what I did do and wanted to do yeah. was I put my hand down the back of her pants. Right. Uh, who does that? Who, which seven-year-old does that? Right. And, and she was so confused. She looked at me like, what, what are you doing? Right. And I'm like, oh, I, I don't know. Right. So in my head, I like this girl. So obviously I'm just going to put my hand down right, her pants. Because that was what was modeled to you right. very, very explicitly. And so what was happening in those moments later on, and by the way, this never happened again for years, like till I was in my 20s. Like it never happened in high school. Interesting. It never happened till I was in my 20s. More drinking? Yes. I th- it's got to be. Because in the moment, it wasn't like I was thinking, Oh, I think I'm going to skip kissing and hugging and I'm just going to go for it. No, no, it wasn't even like that. There was no conversation or thought process. It was like, we're flirting 
it's clear there's something going on. I'm just going to. It's yeah. not even I'm just going to. Yeah. Yeah. Hand I mean, what, just goes there. Yeah. One narrative you could say based on your description is that an, an old tape that had yet to be erased. Right. Had free reign of your will because your superego was too drunk to exert yeah. any notion of uh, civility, shall yeah. we say. Um, I realize that this episode is supposed to be about <laughs> women violence against women. But I am narcissistic. Well, <laughs> I think it's extremely interesting because we've never gone into depth on this before. Right. And I think you're very brave and, um, I don't know, empathetic really to lay yourself on the line here with this as a as a perpetrator, you know, yep. um, and um, and to get into that person, you know, to get into the mind of, of a perpetrator, I think, is, is relevant to the conversation, men and women. Uh, having said all that, I just want to say to patron Eve that uh, this this doesn't diminish just because we're intimating that there might be a quote unquote justifiable reason or, or reasons for perpetration, um, this doesn't diminish your terror and PTSD and horribleness. Right. Um, it also doesn't mean that you're the perpetrator uh, had the sort of confusion that Berto was talking right. about. She, like I said, could have been um, totally um, uh, knowing what she was doing. Uh, and based on the way that, I mean, based on the way that she reacted, and it sounds like they were sober, uh, it sounds more like she was the sort of perpetrator who knew what she was doing. Could be. Yeah. Like, I, I'm sure you have to. Like, I listen to a lot of uh, video interviews with psychopaths, famous, you know, like, uh, and, and, you know, I, and I find that I can't relate. You know, I, I find, like, I hear their descriptions of everything, and I'm like, wow, they're, they are so aware of everything that's happening. And they're so specifically yeah. conscious about the decisions they're making. Yeah. A about yeah, most like, of it anyway. Well, like Ted Bundy, for yeah. example. He, uh, at a certain point, was like, okay, this is how you manipulate the girl. Right. This is how you get her in your car. And this is how you make sure that you, you know, kill her so you can have sex with a dead body. Right. You know, like it was all, and here's what I'm going to do. And I'll, you know, I've done it before. And, I'm and gonna, I need to have these things in my trunk. And it's like, yeah, it's, it's a not, level, it's not a confusion. No, no. It's yeah. a level of, of, it's almost like with, it's like so much introspection and self-understanding, but with zero empathy. You know? Right. Zero empathy. Yeah. And again, in line with what this whole purpose of this talk is, is that um, because our society is so phobic around acknowledging that women can do these things too. Right. And or match that up with uh, much, you know, fewer females who actually do it. Um, we have a we can't point to a famous person, famous female perpetrator of this. Um, and it's hard to imagine, right. but totally possible and has happened many, many times. Right. Uh, there um, there have been and are t currently right now women perpetrators um, either of the confused kind, the denial kind, or the completely psychopathic knowing kind, um, doing all the sexual assaults you can imagine under the sun for all the reasons under the sun, whether it's sexual satisfaction, power, um, a sadism, 
uh, acting out their own sexual abuse that, you know, women do um, all the same things that, that men do. Um, so I have a lot of notes here, but I want to take a break. And uh, when we get back, let's continue with that. Bardo. What do you say? Yep. All right. We're back from the break. So whenever I hear lectures about perpetrators of sexual violence or physical violence in, in intimate relationships. Um, nine times out of 10, the lecturer will identify the, the perpetrator as male and the victim as female. Mm. Even when they're just talking about it in general, you know, like, like he will blah and she will. Blah. Right. Like, you know, the, the, and sometimes they even acknowledge, they'll right. say like, I'm just going to refer to the perpetrator as male and the victim as female because that's usually the situation. Right. Okay. So when men abuse women, when, you know, so when he is doing this to her, like one, you know, so back in the day, so I've been in the field of psychology for 25 years now, and I've been hearing lectures every now and then along these lines. And I have to say it's been getting better lately um, with, uh, with the gender identification, but but it's still happening. And for many years, I used to just go along with it because I was like, I, you know, I had uh, taken the red pill or the blue pill, blue pill, what red pill? I don't know. And had also, yeah, well, yeah, it's almost always a dude. So we should just refer to it as a man. Right. And also it feels funny to say when a person rapes another person, because isn't it usually a man on a woman? Right. You know what I mean? It just feels like it's like, well, why would you refer to, you know, it's like when a person has a penis, like usually it's a man. Right. So just say man, you know. Well, and I got to say for the longest time, even not so long ago, five years ago, I don't know. I had, I really still had the notion that like, I mean, women can't really rape men. You know, like I was thinking of all the teachers, you know, the teachers that, that come out like, oh, this teacher. Mary Kay Letourneau. Yeah. And all, all of them. I really did have this perspective of like, well, but that's a that's a teenage boy. I remember being a teenage boy, and that would have been fine with me. Right. Even after I had processed my own abuse and all that stuff, I remember still feeling that way for a while. Yeah, so let me get to the heart of that. You do not need a penis to terrorize somebody. Right. You do not need a penis to make someone feel like they are going to be harmed if you don't do what they tell you to do. Right. You don't need a penis to threaten somebody. You don't need a penis to punch somebody. You don't need a penis to have a gun. Right. You don't need a, you know, like, penises don't, you know, preclude uh, all of these things. Like right. you, the 99.9% of uh, the behaviors that one can do to coerce and threaten and terrify and imply danger um, is completely separate from a penis. Uh, a woman, in some ways, can get away with it more easily because she might know that you aren't going to do anything because society won't hear you, mm. particularly if it's woman on woman, which I'll get into in a second. But that's the main right. point, is terror knows no bounds. Threat knows no bounds. <laughs> um, and it, And the vast majority of sexual assaults or many, I, I can't remember this percentage, but a lot of sexual assaults occur as what they call date raping, right. which you could say this, Eve is what, that's what she's talking about. So it wasn't a date, but um, it's not grabbing, abducting someone and pulling yeah. them into a bush and, and assaulting them. It's qu- people who know each other. 
And so, which is the vast majority of, of assaults that happen that way. It's an implication of danger. It's a, um, it's a, oh my God, you know, I'm being held down right now. Right. They're, I'm visibly upset and they're continuing. Mm-hmm. This person isn't even stopping to see if I'm okay. They haven't even kissed me yet. And right. they're already going down to that place. Like this person isn't normal. Right. What else are they fucking capable of? Right. If, if this person is capable of this crazy shit, what else are they capable of? I don't know. Do they have a gun? Do they have a knife? Right. Um, if I, if I fight back and I get away, will they talk shit about me? And then I have to deal with some kind of thing there. Um, will they stalk me? Maybe I should just let it happen to, you know, and then I can, you know, please them and I can get out of this situation. And and a lot of, and you know, you're, you're, you're narrating it, but in, in, in the reality of a lot of these situations, uh, all of these thoughts cross immediately simultaneously and none of them right. and, and, and all of them. Right. And so it's the paralysis can be an easy reaction. <laughs> right. It's like, uh, uh, right. Yeah. And, um, and the, the, if you've ever been through it, which I have, it is, you, it, and you're out there and you're listening to this and you've been through stuff like that, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You know, like, there are obvious times when people feel threatened, like someone pulls a gun to your head. But there are all these other times where equally as danger um, uh, feeling inducing is the implication of what someone else is capable of. Yeah. And if you've been through that, then you know how that feels. If you haven't, it might be hard to it might be hard to empathize. But I'm here to tell you, I am a six foot one capable, um, you know, you know, of average ability to fight back. Right. And I have been terrified by people smaller than me who, if push came to shove, I guess I could have taken them. Yeah. But because they implied to me that they were capable of doing things that were off the charts, yeah. they had demonstrated that to me. I was so scared that they were going to do something else. Right. Even though they hadn't directly threatened those things. But they were so they were so prone to anger and so prone to um, impulsive acts, and they had sort of purposefully shown me that through their emotionality, or had you know emotionally sort of reacted to things. Um, I was terrified of them. Mm. Um, people with personality disorders are like that with me. Uh, it's just like you just don't know what they're capable of, right. you know. Anyway, so. So, uh, so I would hear these lectures and people would say things, you know, uh, when he does this to her. And at first I just sort of went along with it cause I thought, well, yeah, that's probably right. Then over time I started thinking like, as I became more woke and more understanding, I was like, well, wait, that doesn't make a lot of sense. Like yeah. that doesn't seem right, but I didn't have any power, mm-hmm. you know? So I had to just sit through these lectures which I just want to tell you, mostly women. In fact, at times I'd be the only man in the room. Right. And so I'm like, yeah, I, I'm going to be that guy. No, you're not. <laughs> yeah. He's going to stand up and say, hey, wait a second here. Yeah. Like, it, it, it's not my lecture, right. da, da, da. So um, now, what, do you know why 
they justify saying that? I basically have already said it. Yeah, I mean, you said the, the usual thing and what would come to mind is that it's most often statistically, you know, what we, the data we have seems to be more males doing aggression to females. Right. So, oh, and by the way, uh, one of the things that I found out is even if we kept it to just males, there is an unbelievable amount of male to male bullying and aggression that happens, I mean, abuse that happens, and especially in prison populations. Right. And that's often not only underreported, but people don't care about it. Right. Yeah. The, the hierarchy that I think is one, no one reports. Very few people report assaults anyway. Yeah. You know, the the to be a victim of a sexual assault is ex, because our society is so backward. There's so many incentives to not report that. So there's an incredible stigma around if you're a female right. having been assaulted by a male. So it's not like those people are like totally unstigmatized. They're they're absolutely stigmatized. Um, even more stigmatized is when a male. Uh, assaults another female mm. or assaults a male right assaults another male so those those get uh reported even less right. because of the way our society is down from there even more stigmatized yeah. is when a woman assaults a man right because then you're like well wait a second like yeah. you know so the first one is like well men can't be assaulted because they like sex yeah. So even gay men can't be assaulted, right. right? And even if you're not gay, well, you must have been asking for, I don't know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the next level is, well, women certainly can't perpetrate those kinds of things. Right. And certainly can't on a man. Right. That's ridiculous. How do you assault a man? He needs to get a boner. Yeah. You, you know, if he has a boner, he wants it. Da, da, da. And then even more stigmatized is woman on woman because... Uh, one, women can't assault, and two, um, how do you? How does a woman assault a woman? Right, right. <laughs> you know, it's right. like, and are, aren't they just friends at that point, yeah. rolling around together? Yeah. Like but, women, but women play. are women are soft. You yeah. know, like you can't. You know, right. and so. Oh, oh, and by the way, another little detail here is that, uh, you know, like in the stories again about the teachers and the, and the kids, um, there's also a misconception which I absolutely held, which is that. Uh, it is possible that the victim thought they enjoyed it. They they might have physically had pleasure from it and whatever. Totally. And it doesn't mean that they weren't abused and traumatized. Right. You, for example, if we go back in time and ask five-year-old Birdo right. how you felt about those encounters with your babysitter, what would you have said? Well, I know literally what I said because when, when I talked with my friend who was my same age who was also being abused by the same babysitter, we would talk about it sort of bragging to each other and we felt we i think there was a little competitiveness of which one did she like better and stuff like that hmm. and so in our little five-year-old i can't i just can't, it's so i think about like a five-year-old like how crazy that mental model must have and i'm sitting there talking with another little five-year-old and we're going we're comparing stories and did she did she do this yeah and we're like keep in mind incapable of not only incapable of having an erection let alone like i don't i don't remember thinking of my penis in any way related to any of this and then it's like we're having these conversations so yeah absolutely right so uh 
And so, 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 so you know, so someone, a ridiculous person could say, oh, well, then you enjoyed it. Never mind. Right. Or at least you didn't, you didn't dislike it. Yeah. Um, right. The other thing is, is that when you are in a situation where you are terrified and you know that one of the ways out of this is to please the other person. And you know that you can please the other person by quote unquote enjoying it, then you can compartmentalize that mm. and say, okay, I'm going to turn on this system in my brain. I mean, I suppose everyone can kind of relate to this on some level, even if you haven't been in that situation. Right. In that, if you're old enough anyway, you've had sex when you didn't really want to have sex. Sure. Like, the, I, it it sucks, but there are times when, at the very least, um, you're you're not in the mood, or you're you might even be really really not in the mood. Yeah, you're really tired, or you just, just go through the motions. Yeah, you just go through the motions. Yeah. Um, and from the and seemingly, you know, according to blood flow, that you were into it, you yeah. know, but you but you weren't at the same time. So that's not sexual assault, but to demonstrate. It's sort of analogous, you know. Anyway. Well, so actually, when I was uh, in high school, uh, there was a girl that really, really liked me, and I really liked her as a friend. But, you know, I was a teenager, so I I was sort of curious a little bit, but mostly I didn't, I didn't try to pursue it, but I knew she really liked me. One time there was a party at a friend's house, and um, I took a shower, and I remember she was trying to like look into the shower from outside or something. And afterwards, uh, she basically wanted to give me oral sex and I went along with it, but I didn't really want to and didn't enjoy it. I definitely did not climax. I did get an erection and the whole time I was like, this doesn't feel good. What am I supposed to do? And then it finally, she finally just got tired to like, she's like, I'm just going to stop. I'm like, yeah, that's okay. So, you know, but I went through the motions, you know, did, <laughs> did you feel pushed into a corner? Not like that. Not well, emotionally pushed into a corner. I did feel like there was some pressure for me to like do something with her. If you could snap your fingers and not have done that in yeah. the moment, would you have done? Yeah, that? yeah. I would so, have done that. so that's on the spectrum of assault. It's on the spectrum. Yeah, it, it's just that she certainly wasn't. But yeah, yeah yes, sure. It's on the spectrum. It, it, there was like no. She should have stopped and said. Are you sure you want to do this? Yeah, it's just that, that. But by the way, this is part of the problem is that what teenager, especially back then, has that language or understanding? Well, like I said, um, we manage it usually by subtle nonverbal communication. For example, just in that story, um, who having never had you ever kissed her before? Mm, I don't know. Maybe. Oh. Maybe, but, but you I weren't boyfriend know. and girlfriend. We were not boyfriend and girlfriend. No, and we were friends. You didn't have an agreement that it was okay for her to see you naked in the bathroom. No, and uh, you know, and she probably figured. Well, anyway, the point is, is that it's on the spectrum because sure. uh, 
she should have at least picked up on the fact that non-verbally. Right. But, but I guess one thing I'm getting at is like, so even let's just assume that if you draw the bell curve, some large percentage of people would pick up on all these cues and all these things. But we know that a lot of them don't. So you would think that we would educate our kids a little bit with more tools. Yeah. Right? How about that? Right? Because in my sex ed class, all I learned was about like, oh, there's the fallopian tube. Well, and or the, you know. what people do, which you hear about, is consent forms. Right? Which is the other extreme. Well, which is idiotic. No yeah. one's... though We have been managing consensual sex in our society for a long time yeah. without consent forms. And the way that we do it is through, uh, you know, fairly subtle... But, you know, direct communication around consent, you know, and and that's what we need to look at, you know, yeah. in terms of like how now if there's a question or you want to just make sure, then by all means, break out the forms, I guess. Yeah. Anyway, so. Um, so, yeah, they say these lectures, they'll say, you know, we do we do do the man female thing because of statistics. But the fact is, is most engineers are men. Right. So. How about I just say from now on, whenever I refer to engineers, I'm going to refer to them as male. <laughs> right. So when men build things, dot, 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 yeah, you know, that doesn't seem right. Right. Yeah. And statistically, there's probably more of a ratio disparity with right. in engineers than there are among perpetrators. Another thing is, is uh, most people who are compulsive shoppers are women, something like 90, 95 percent of compulsive shoppers are women. So whenever I refer to people suffering from shopping issues, I'm just going to refer to them as female. So when the shopping addict relapses, she often blah, 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 blah. It's like, no, that doesn't feel right, right? You know, it completely genders the phenomenon and completely unnecessary. All we have to – we have several words in our language available to us. We can say when the engineer builds something, they (laughs) they or that person or that individual or – to a lesser extent, he or she, yeah. you know, when someone's suffering from shopping, you know, disorder relapses, that person, or when a sexual assault takes place, that person perpetrates blah, blah, blah. Right, like right. we have words for it. And I know it causes distress for people because they want to gender everything. And it, it, it creates this like weird question mark. What gender is the person? It right. doesn't matter what gender the perpetrator is. You can let it go. Just ref- think of a, an amorphous, androgynous person who is perpetrating a sexual violent act. I wonder if it's even worse in Spanish where everything is gendered. <laughs> I think it is. Well, you tell me. I don't know. It's like una persona. Actually, ironically... Person is a female. Persona is a female. So. Yeah, like I, I, I sometimes feel even worse or more pessimistic about language systems that gender everything. Yeah, and how hard it would be to degender things. You know what I mean? Um, but anyway, personally, I think that lectures and all of us are um, too scared to admit that women are perpetrators of terrible abuse and terrible violence. I think, sure. I think we're actually afraid to admit that, you know, it's because it's incredibly threatening to, you know, certain foundational aspects of our society that women are soft and good and motherly mm. and men are, you know, puppy dog tails and everything that smells right. Right. Uh, women, especially in liberal culture, 
you know, women are put upon. They are the victims of of misogyny and, you know, patriarchal society and sexism, right? And men are the bad guys. Right. And um and they they match the, uh sexual assault and domestic violence and intimate partnered violence with essentially gender politics. Mm. It's fine to talk about them the two subjects uh together, but they equate the act of fighting against sexual perpetrators as a pro-female action. Mm. You know, like when you were talking about that person who came forward during the Me Too movement and said, I'm a man and Me Too. Right. And people were like, no, 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 no. The Me Too movement is a female movement. Right. That is wrong. That is destructive. That is uh, fighting people. Why are you fighting them? Why are you fighting fellow victims that are coming forward? You know, now if a man is stepping forward and saying, um, Oh, come on. It happens to men too. let it go. Like, okay. Yeah. By all means, punch him in the nuts. <laughs> but if it's a male coming forward and saying, yeah, I, I've, I had a bad experience. Too. I've been a victim too. And I, I can relate. Right. It's, and, it's like, it's a helpful relate yeah. aspect. Well, and Me Too isn't Me Too Women. It's right. Me Too. Me. Yeah. Me. I, me is a, there's no gender in that. So if I have been sexually assaulted, then Me Too. And I can, for example, me, <laughs> I can say Me Too from both sides of the equation. I say, yeah, I've also been guilty. And yeah, I've also been, uh, you know, affected. Right. Yeah. Um, You know, I just had an interesting realization. Uh, I don't think I had put this together. The the girl I lost my virginity to was very, very sexually aggressive. And when we were first dating, we would be out in public, like at a park, and she would be actively grabbing my crotch and trying to unzip me and all these things. And I was often, you know, like, no, 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 not, not, not here. No, no, no. You know, like, which is, and, and then when we, when we were, did you consent to the game? I, I mean, or did you not consent? I, it's just a hard question want, to answer. Did you want to play the game? I, I think if I could have waved the magic wand, we wouldn't have been doing that. Interesting. But, there was certainly some curiosity because it's like, well, she likes me. Right. So that is a, that's on the spectrum. That's on the, and, and, and that's the price that a lot of, uh, you know, people pay. Um, if we're going to stick to women on women, a lot of women victims will pay that price because they feel like they need to in order to please the person that, yeah. you know, that's another thing about, about sexual assault is like that's you know one of the myths it's like well married couples can't sexually assault each mm, other right and you can have sexual assault and terror and sort of uh, unequal deals that are made right in the midst of a relationship that the victim actually wants yeah you know you wanted that relationship with yeah, her right and uh, were willing to pay the price of your own victimization mild victimization yeah. Because you wanted to retain that relationship. Right. And and then what's interesting is I do wonder if 
that reignited a model, a mental model for me that had been dormant. Right. <laughs> because, you know, I was saying like, you know, I never really did that again or whatever. And I, I never had any of those issues in junior high or with my other girlfriends or whatever. Everything that happened after was after that and with alcohol involved. Right. So I, I mean, it's just, I now, right now I'm completely speculation, but it is interesting that, I mean, I have those vivid memories. I remember we were at the park and I remember it wasn't just at the park and it wasn't just one time. And I didn't see it as a bad thing. I just saw it as something I didn't want to do, something that made me uncomfortable. But, but then part of me was like, Oh, I'm so glad she's so sexually aggressive. You know, like this is interesting. Right. I wonder if someone who, or you, if you hadn't had the history that you did, if you would have, you know, given her more uh, firm boundaries around that, you know, around, right. around just like, hey, so I get it, you know, but let's, you know, let's not right now. Right. <laughs> or, you know, because the, uh, yes, absolutely. Or, or, or engaged her in a more direct way in either case, because, yeah, I, I think I am just realized, I really hadn't really thought about this before. I'm realizing that uh, it is, it is so, so tricky for people that don't have those clear boundaries or those clear things. You can easily slide into being a victim or slide into being abusive without you even knowing it's happening. Right. So imagine back then if you had been targeted by a, a more severe predator. Right. Who groomed you and this yep. sort of thing. How, how easy it would have been. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I would have been very susceptible to that. Right. And, um, and that would have compounded, you know, yeah. the trauma for you. Um, so just some stories that I've heard from people uh, over uh, my lifetime among uh, friends and family about women on women's sexual assaults. Um, I have a friend who uh, is a model, and she was at a gig where she uh, was like a living statue. Mm. It was a, actually it was a lesbian uh, fundraiser of some kind, okay, and drinking and all this kind of stuff. And they had women in you know uh, not much clothing, acting as statues, right, and. Uh, she told me that the that women would regularly come up to her and sexually assault her. Yeah, uh, one um, groped her, another licked her, um, and she walked out of there just feeling raped. Yeah, you know by by these people, and she just thought like, if I was at an if I was at the same event and it was like all men, yeah. They never would have done that to me, right. because they they would know, or not they necessarily wouldn't. But she suspected that wouldn't happen in a context. Or most would probably know that that's right because wrong. because the men would say like, well, you can't just grope a woman just right. because she's you know a, a worker, right? Right. But in the female uh, gay world, uh, there's a a sort of insular protection of, of, well, we don't involve the system because we can't trust the system. Mm. And women can't assault other women. You know, women held, research shows women hold, hold these views just as much as men do. Sure, yeah. So, it, it, so I speculate that at this, you know, lesbian get-together that there's a cultural notion that, you know, 
gay people don't assault each other. You know? Dude, I've been at so many parties where a, a woman that doesn't know another woman comes up and grabs her breasts and go like, whoa, these are nice. Or like, oh, look at what you're wearing. Oh, you're such a... Or they slap their ass. Like, it, they don't know each other, right? right. And it's totally tolerated. Like, right. it's totally okay. Right. Because in our society, we have slowly woken up to the notion that... Uh, sexual assault happens bet- as from men perpetrating on women. Yeah. We have learned there are like, you know, in the fifties men would slap a waitress on the butt Yeah, uh, and it was fine. And then we learned over time, Oh, well actually that's, it's harmful and it, it's, it hurts people's feelings right. and can make them really scared. And so we can't do that kind of thing. And so that has at the very least become stigmatized. Yeah. But in the gay world, it's, they're, it, they've yet to ha- have enough of that in order for it to be commensurate with it in the yeah, yeah. in the heterosexual world, you know, you, and, and and particularly women perpetrating it. Yeah. Right. Do you remember? Uh, I told you that story about where I was in Vancouver at some random place. It was very late at night, and I'm just talking to this one girl, and then she licked my face. <laughs> Why don't you want to say I was there? Well, I didn't know if you wanted me to say that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Do you remember when I told you because you were there? And I filmed it? Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> but anyways, the point is that that case. Now, in my case. In right. That so instance, for every. Was, yeah. Well, you got to tell everyone. All right. So, so it was late at night. And we were in Vancouver. And we were at a pizza place. Yes. So in Vancouver, B.C., the late night food of choice is either pizza or shawarma. Yeah. And we were at a pizza place. And so everyone's kind of coming in from the bars and everyone's having fun. And then you are, uh, you're, you're pretty loud and obnoxious. And then there's this woman there who's also loud and obnoxious. And the two of you, we're sort of bantering. The two of you kind of hit it off and you're going back and forth. And I start, but I, I, but I didn't think we had hit it off. I mean, I, I thought she was cute, but I I didn't I wasn't like explicitly flirting, but we no. were bantering. No, it was very quick. Like, yeah. y- you started talking for about a minute. I yeah, probably yeah. have the entire interaction yeah, yeah. on my because I started filming with my iPhone, right? And um, and then you started singing, like you started uh, improving a si- song and dance number, the two of you. Okay, and then she just grabs you and licks your face, licks like long lick, like. From bottom up, like, <laughs> yeah. And so now, did I like it? I actually did, right? Because I was in the party mood. And you're into that sort of thing. And I'm into, but I did think even then, not in the moment, but like later, I thought if the situation were reversed, yeah, I think I would get a lot of shit for that. Like I'm sitting there and I just met some girl and I lick her face. Well, at least so the so the different the difference is not. That um, you necessarily would have gotten shit. Sure. But the question in your mind is there. Yeah. You know, you're like, I might hurt someone's feelings and I might embarrass myself. Whereas a a woman doing it to a man in our society or a woman doing it to a woman, that notion hasn't been made uh, uh, well known enough that the question mark is there, you know, strong enough for people. And and again, I will go back to one thing. And I appreciate what you're saying that 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 there might be subtle cues that that some of us are not as attuned to. But I will say that there is a there is a party culture out there, where, and it hopefully is changing. It probably is changing, 
but the the party culture that I sort of grew up around when I was in my twenties, it sort of was. I, I would have never, if, if interviewed, I would have never said that that sort of behavior isn't exactly what you should be doing. Well, so in certain contexts, people knowingly yeah. enter the context uh, that and know that the chance of groping increases. And they choose that because yeah. they're cool with it. Um, you know, I've I've been in similar contexts too. I don't think you and I have been in the same con. Have, have you ever and I been in the same context in it? Because I, the context that I'm thinking about are Burning Man people. Oh, I see. I mean, I've I've been at Burning Man events, and there's literally a sex orgy happening in the other room. Yeah. That and the door is open. You know what I mean? It's not like you can't see it. You know, right, it's right. It, it like. 30 naked high people. Right. Um, and uh, so it's a different, uh, it's a different set of social rules than yeah. if I was at, you know, a sports bar, for example. And I guess that's part of the point is, first of all, um, it is 3 a.m. in the morning and uh, we are both dancing. She's not obviously my friend's girlfriend. And she and I look like we are reacting positively to each other. And did she maybe transgress a little bit far? Yeah, but I wasn't reacting negatively. So that's where it gets a little grayer, right? It gets a little gray zone there. And we've talked about this before. And my uh, point that I came to the last time I talked about this was, as a society, we need to uh, have stricter rules around that and be careful. Right. right. Um, you know, yeah, the sacrifice. The the place we got to the last time we talked about this was, you know, I was saying, um, those contexts. We need to be. You need to be absolutely positive that the other people know that's the situation. Yeah. Like, like I don't know if you want to talk about this. I'll edit this out. If but you go to a party every now and then where that's basically explicitly yeah. the point. That's right. It's a annual event or something. Yeah. And everyone Which will knows. Sadly, sadly, it's no longer going to happen. But okay. whatever. <laughs> but everyone knows. Yeah. And if you're invited, you're told. Yeah. By the way, this is yeah. essentially a polyamorous event where yeah. people, you know, the, the rules don't apply anymore. Yeah. My, yeah. Like not to the extent of like a big orgy breaks out, but it's certainly like there are the lowered boundaries for sure. Right. Still consensual. Yeah. But you're going to end up being propositioned, yeah. you know, more often than you yeah. would be in another context. So um, so my point is it, the sacrifice is that maybe we don't get to have as much fun in an ambiguous situation. In random, ambiguous situations. Um, and that's a sacrifice I'm willing to make. In order to prevent the abusive moments. Right, because, you know, uh, it's... It's a small price to pay for... Because honestly, if she had said, like, do you mind if I lick you? I would have said, not at all. Right. Yeah, right. All she has to do is just be like, by the way, I'm going to lick your face. You yeah. know, is that okay? You know, yeah. and you, and and, yeah. and if you weren't into it, you'd be like, what? No. Yeah, no, please don't. Yeah. yeah exactly. Or just like, or yeah. you'd make a joke yeah. like, oh my God, gross, or whatever. You yeah. know, like, it doesn't take much. Plus, did she have to lick your face? <laughs> no. You know what I mean? Like, there were <laughs> no. a whole other... No. You were You were having fun. Right. It would have been a memorable moment right. anyway. Right, right. She didn't have to lick your face. Sure. <laughs> so weird. Yeah. Um, another story is that uh, a female friend of mine um, 
was really drunk with her friend, her another female friend, and they were drinking and having a good time. And they they were friends. They had mm-hmm. hung out before and drank before. And I think, uh, and then uh, my friend's friend had was like bi curious or on some level, and took that and they had kind of been slightly physical with each other in the past, you know, like, I don't know, like hugging warmly, this kind of thing, nothing sexual at all, but, and they had probably talked about sex before and this kind of thing. And then, uh, as the night progressed, um, the, uh, by curious friend started to, uh, get very handsy with, mm. with my friend. And my friend said that she sort of dissociated at times and was like, wait a second, what's happening? And, and, but at the same time, she's like, well, this is my friend, so I'm right. safe. Right. But, uh, long story short, she ended the, she ended up being definitely on the spectrum of sexually oh, assaulted, wow. uh, throughout the evening and right. later on in the night and, uh, you know, had to, and was you know, slept in a terrified closet somewhere. Kind oh, jeez, kind of a thing, and um, and so you know, it happens. I think this is the point of this is why Me Too happened because it's all around us. Yes, it is, and and, and that's both to say that, um, it, you know, I think you mentioned this in a previous episode. I do think that if if we had more of an ability as a society to talk about it more openly and less uh, accusingly when it's not really bad yet, especially when we're young and just learning, then I think we could prevent a lot more of the really bad stuff. Do you know what I mean? Well, are you saying that because it's so politicized now, it's hard to... No, 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 no. I mean, it's such a taboo for so forever to talk about these things that... So as an example, right? Like, So I'm coming up as a little person... And if people as a society are telling both the people that might be trying to abuse me and then telling me when things are right and when things are wrong, and, I, and I'm learning that. I'm learning that both in school. I'm learning it from my peers. I'm learning it from family. I'm learning it from people that see the behavior. I'm probably going to stop that behavior way sooner or learn yes. way sooner. Yes. You know? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. The analogy I always say is... When you were five, if someone came up to you and punched you in the nose, right, <laughs> you don't wonder about that. Yeah. You go, ow. And I tell someone. And you tell yes, someone. Yes, um, uh, But when it comes to rape, right. uh, people don't report it. Right. Uh, if Harvey Weinstein regularly stabbed people in the, in the neck with a pencil as hard as he could when he was upset, uh, I don't think it would take 30 freaking years. Well, part of it, obviously can't speak for Harvey, but part of it is that you can, when it comes to sex and maybe other kinds of mental abuse, you can be abusive without the victim initially at least, or obviously feeling, in all cases, the pain that might go with it, the physical pain. Whereas the punch example, you feel the physical pain. You might even have be blood. Well, right. Well, because we don't teach people to like what Eve is talking about. She 
was sexually assaulted, raped, and terrified. And she walked away from that situation and did not... Right. Did not categorize that as an assault. Right. And and presumably, I, I don't know all the details, obviously, presumably she wasn't physically harmed directly. Like, you know, right. she might not have had bruises or but, bleeding or something. But, you know, she, when she looks back on the situation, she remembers dissociating. She right. remembers staring at the ceiling. She remembers not wanting right. to do it. But to your point, if if... Same thing. She goes in, the girl locks the door, and she grabs a ruler and smacks her and breaks her nose. Right. Or just threatens <laughs> to. Like, just, just, yeah, yeah. like picks up a sword and says, you know what? I have a fetish about stabbing people with swords. Yeah. Like, and, you, and, you, and you're scared. Right. Okay, there's no physical harm. Right. Um, and then you somehow get away. Right. Uh, you're going to go like, holy shit, that woman, you Tried know. Tried to stab me. Yeah, that, that was like fucked. You know, right. she's... Locks me in a room, and and intimates she might stab me with a with a sword. Like yeah. it because our society is so Victorianly repressed around sexuality. Yeah. We send so many messages that have this essential side effect that people don't even recognize because they as soon as sex happens in their life that they're uncomfortable with they instantly suppress it right because they're like shame shame didn't happen you know whereas we don't have that when someone hits you over the head with a bat like right. we're like ow you know we're we that's all out in the open and it's taught like when a child let me just get real specific here you're on the playground and you're on the jungle gym and you're at a public playground yeah and you're looking at your young daughter and four years old, she's playing on the jungle gym and another girl walks up to her and, you know, hits her over the head with a rock. You stand up and you're like, what, you know, and the other, and the other parent comes over and is like, what happened? You're like, you're like, your kid just hit my, hit my little girl with a rock rock over the head, you know? And the, the other parents like, Whoa, like, Oh, okay. Okay. Normal scenario, right. violence, okay, right. happens. Okay, now let's do another scenario. Uh, same two kids. Uh, you're you're watching your little four year old uh, angel play on the playground, and a girl walks up and sticks her hand up the girl's skirt. Right. What do you do? Do you right. think you're gonna stand up? Whoa! No. Hey, your your daughter just stuck her hand up my. No, no, no. you're gonna be like, uh, okay. hey, honey, don't. Let's you might, not. You're gonna. You're yeah. gonna give a message to that four year old, right? That like something weird just happened, right? That we can't talk about, and your right. body, and we don't fight back. We just appease the the perpetrator to get them away from us because I don't want to accuse, you know, yeah, uh, right, 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 Mrs. Right. Johnson over there of raising a, a rapist, right, right, right. right. So okay, uh, do you, uh, you hey, know. come over here. Shh, shh, shh. Don't yeah, worry about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. But the girl just, oh, I know, I know. Just, 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 just. Yeah, yeah. Right. That's what we do. Repeat, rinse, repeat, repeat, rinse yeah. throughout one's life. And this is what we get, people. Yeah. This is what we get. Okay, let's look at some research here. Research shows that alcohol and drugs are often involved in yeah. female sexual assaults. Oh, oh. So they've actually looked into when okay. females assault. Um, oh, by the way, so the research, there's almost no research. Uh, regarding women perpetrators. Hmm. I have access to all the scientific journals in psychology right. and 
social psychology and, you know, domestic violence right. and, you know, anything psychological phenomena I've, I've access to or I can get access to. Yeah. And it is, and I did several ser- word searches in the database. It is hard to find anything in it. And most of it is female perpetrators of domestic violence or intimate partner violence on men usually, but sometimes women. So when you look at female perpetrator, it's almost all in the domestic violence world. Wow. And there's not a lot of it. Okay. Um, and there's almost nothing on the internet around women on women's sexual violence. Right. I mean, the internet is filled with billions of useless articles <laughs> and, and websites and stuff. And yet, and lots of girl on girl and, 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 tra- and trying to find woman on woman, sexual violent, uh, Anything, just just even a comment on Reddit, it is yeah. really hard to find. Um, I mean, essentially nothing, right. actually. That's because it doesn't exist, huh? Right. And when female perpetrators are discussed, uh, like I said, it's usually DV, and it's usually, and if it is a sexual assault, it's a sexual assault of a man. So um, there's almost nothing on the internet or in the scientific literature regarding female rape on a female. Which is surprising considering that female prisons are all female. Right. Well, maybe that's what I need to look at. It's like Prison rape in yeah. female prisons. Yeah. Um, now, as I said earlier, I just want to point out that uh, because it's so hard to research this sort of thing, because essentially what you have to do is you have to wait for it to be reported and you have to wonder if it's accurate. Right. Or you have to have people tell you it happened. Mm-hmm. Because we're so backward, if they're not going to tell the police, do you think they're going to tell a random you know, researcher on a survey? Right. Uh, so it's really hard to know. And because we stigmatize um, you know, victims so badly, and we particularly stigmatize victims of women violence yeah. and victims of women's sexual violence, it's just hard to know. But as we start to loosen that up a little bit, we're starting to get some data that it seems to suggest that just as many women are sexually violating uh, uh, people mm-hmm. as men are, mm. which again, it's hard to know because it's hard to hard to uh, measure this sort of thing. But particularly when you expand the notion the notion to the true definition of sexual trauma to uh, sexual acts that are basically non consensual that are traumatizing to the to the target, right. Uh, like what you went through as a child, um, that was a sexual assault. Uh, were you penetrated? You know, were you terrified? Did you have a knife to your throat? You know, um, you know, all the sort of normal cultural notions right. of, of sexual assault weren't met. And that was unreported. Right. Right. Okay. What percentage of men, according to research, uh, have sexually assaulted? What percentage of men have been sexually assaulted? Do you think? Uh, by anyone like yeah by men or women percentage of men that have been sexually assaulted and uh, it's an estimate based on 10 percent about 30 percent wow of men a third uh, have been sexually assaulted in their lifetime wow uh percentage uh perpetrated by females um so of those 30 percent of men who have so we're just talking about men because like I said there's hardly any research women but there is some research uh, what by, percentage of, of by women? the way sorry if that were global for example right yeah like so it's like let's say two billion plus men 
And if at least well, it wouldn't be it'd be one billion men. Well, like if it's did you say it was thirty percent? Right. Well, there's half of the population. Is men. Sure. Okay. Fine. But like, yeah, one or two billion. Yeah, men. one or two billion. And and let's say it's like one per. You know, so it means like there's like at least like half a billion, if not a billion, abusers. Right. Right. Or, or say a ratio of one to ten. Sure. So yeah. you know, a hundred million abusers are out there abusing yeah. men. Yeah. All right. But anyways, back to your question. So, what percentage? So, of those men who have been sexually assaulted, yeah. um, how many of them said they were uh, of those incidents were were by females? What percentage? Um, that were reported, right? Um, or yeah. Just what we know. Okay. Or estimates out of the. 30%. I think it's reported, yeah. I think it's reported. Um, well, I'd say 30%. 10%. 10%. Yeah. So still, according to this study anyway, uh, vast majority of men are saying... Men abuse them. Men abuse them. Yeah. But, you know, 10% by women, um, which, again, I broke it down. If we're just looking in the U- United States, that's about 5 million men in the United States who have been sexually assaulted by a woman. Right. And, and, but the other subtlety there is, uh, I, there's, as you know, many times in my life where I wouldn't have said I was uh, assaulted. Right. And if I hadn't been assaulted at five, those other things I mentioned, I certainly would have never even began to categorize them as an assault. Exactly. And Eve, even though it was clearly a classic date rape situation, Did not didn't right. know until she her right. therapist. It wasn't even a date, by the way. Right, <laughs> but a, a acquaintance, yeah, acquaintance rape, rape yeah. Uh, and uh, and her ther- and she happens to go to therapy, right, with a therapist who happens to be woke enough, yeah. to actually you know convince her, like, look, you were assaulted, right. Um, da, 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 another study, uh, Hammock et al. twenty seventeen. Uh, they gave scenarios, so this is interesting. So they gave, so they got 251 participants, uh, about 60% were women, to read scenarios involving, um, so they had the same scenario and they would just switch out the gender. Mm. So it would be the exact same details. Right. And they would just say, when the man, da 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 da, and the woman victim, and then sometimes it'd be like, the woman did this to the woman victim. Mm hmm. Um, they found some very interesting things in yeah. terms of like, so then they asked them right. afterwards, so how bad was this? Or how upsetting was this? Right, right, or right. How, how, um, how scared do you think the victim was? They found uh, they were much more concerned for female victims than male victims. I'm sure. On the exact fucking same circumstances. Right. Exact. Exact. Well, surely the male's okay. Um, and they were more upset about male perpetrators than female perpetrators. Right. That makes sense. Exact circumstances. Right. That's how dumb we are. Okay. Um, male aggressive actions are perceived as being more illegal and more harmful than the same aggressive actions perpetrated by females. Again, same, they just, same scenario. Uh, they're like, on a scale from one to 10, how illegal is this? Oh, males, way more illegal. You know, well, women, you know, they can, you know, essentially it's like, well, when, when women do it, it makes it okay. And it can't be harmful because it's a woman doing it. Um, they also, according that to recent, remember in American Psycho, he's like, it's disease free when he's trying to get, uh, like his, the, the, his friend and the prostitute to make out. He's like, it's disease free. <laughs> 
Um, also, research shows that male victims are seen as stronger and basically more resilient than female victims sure. under the same circumstances. Um, also, uh, this isn't... Well, here's, so here's the last research study. Sexual victimization is more prevalent uh, for gay for gay women. So, uh, so f- uh, the norm uh, heterosexual women, thirty five percent of them will report having been uh, the victim of a sexual violent crime in their life. Right. Uh, but for lesbians, it's forty four percent. So th- that's an amazing statistic. Because yeah, absolutely, I would have. If you had asked me, I would have said. Before this, I said, no, no, it's probably much lower for lesbians. Yeah, right. But for lesbians, well, one, it could be assaulted by a man. Either way, I would have still said like, no, because, you know, like the man would probably not go after the lesbian. Right. I mean, it's just so ignorant, like just in general. Right. And 61% for bisexual women. Wow. Uh, 61%. Right. So double, almost double rates for bisexual women. Oh, my God. Um. So one of the things that we see in the media are a completely um, double standard around humor when you have a female beating up the husband. Yeah, right. totally. Um, you know, it's a total trope, right? Yeah. Like, oh, here comes the wife with the, with the rolling pin. Absolutely. Not only that, but uh, the sex unconsensual sex as well like right. how many sitcoms and movies and things where the where the woman shuts the door and shoves the guy and just proceeds to aggressively go after them and the guy's like whoa and we're like yeah yeah like, but ha, then you ha. flip it and you're like whoa, whoa, whoa what's happening yeah except right. if it's the 60s then you're like fine right I, it reminds me of a youtube video i saw the other day they're i think they're at like um some kind of uh, Brazilian festival of some kind. And there's this woman entertainer dancing around in her skimpy thing. And there's all these people around and, and this guy comes out and he, he seems like he's a little drunk and he comes out and he starts kind of like dancing with her, Uh you know, and people are filming and I was like, yeah. And they're like, Oh, look at this, look at this, you know, middle-aged guy trying, trying to keep up with the, you know, the Brazilian the dancer. dancer and, you know, everyone's having fun. And then all of a sudden out of the, out of the crowd, uh, uh what seemingly is the man's wife <laughs> comes out of nowhere and just starts hitting him hard. Oh, like in the back of the head and, and the man, like, so the man's dancing, he's dancing innocently. He's not touching her. Right. Okay. And he, so he's just dancing and, and that's the, that's the thing you do in this, in this context, oh my right? God. And, and the woman enjoyed it. You know, the woman's like, right. yay, you know, a man I can dance with. And, and this woman comes out of the crowd and just starts beating, beating him, him over the head. And, and, he, and he's sort of disoriented and he starts wandering. He starts trying to get away from this woman. And the woman just keeps beating him on the back of the head as like hard. Okay. So this video, the only reason why I saw it was because it was upvoted on Reddit. Like, wow. you know what I mean? Like this is. The reason why I even it was on the front page of Reddit, you know. Now, wow, because it isn't that hilarious. Isn't isn't it hilarious to see a man right, being right. beat by his wife for for doing? Some, I mean, that's right there. You could. That's a real life example of a trope that has happened in countless movies and TV shows. Right, right, right. And that is destructive. Yeah, 
It's the same thing as uh, James Bond in the 60s pushing down a girl and forcing... Or, yeah, like slap. Forcing they himself. Kiss. Right. Yeah. Like, we eradicated that, or we at least stigmatized that. Um, we have a long way to go with heterosexual rape as well. But we are still in the dark ages when it comes to the notion right. that women can perpetrate this sort of thing. Because to me, if we just, just let's just reverse, let's just reverse right, it. Right. The woman is dancing. There's a man. Yeah. And the woman's dancing. And this, this guy comes out of the, comes out of the uh, audience and starts- slaps her across the back of the head. Right. She, her hair goes up. She goes running and he continues to right. just slap her on the back right. of the head. No one's laughing. No one is laughing. Now, obviously, um, there is this aspect, which is that in general, not, you know, obviously everyone, just in general, uh, yeah, a male can do more physical damage on average than a woman can, with the, given, you know, yeah, the same tools. Kind of. I mean, like, the, like this couple. Yeah. They were both stocky individuals. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm not quite so sure, you know what I mean? No, I, I, I'm actually not even offering this as this is fact. What I'm trying to say is I think this plays into people's heads. Right, right, right. right. Because, like, well, just throw a gun into the equation. Now what? Right. Like, now everyone's on the... Uh, um, a knife. A uh, knife, whatever. A bat. Yeah, uh, of course. So, no, the reality is, no, no, anyone can harm anyone. Well, like another example that just occurred to me, and I forget the circumstances, maybe you remember, uh, Lorraine Bobbitt. The penis cutting? Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember the circumstances around that? Yeah, like, I, I, I'm pretty sure he had cheated on her and she was pretty upset. But then, so he was asleep. And she cut... And she cut the penis and then drove and threw it out the window. Right. So I remember this. This was like 93 or something. I remember it was a huge story in our society, and most people were on the woman's side. Or at least there was some sort of joking around the situation. Right. Um, Let's reverse it. Yeah. A, A woman cheats on her husband. The man cuts off her boobs. Yeah. Or cuts her nose off right. or her ears or, right. I don't know, cuts her at all. Her clitoris, like something horrible. Cuts off her clitoris. I mean, like... Yeah, cuts off her clitoris. Yeah. That's a good example. Cuts cuts off her clitoris. Um, are we laughing about that? Is no that, one is laughing. Like, is that is that okay? You know, somehow it's like, oh, when women do it, it's fine. Now, I'm not saying with this argument that I'm going men's rights. What I'm saying, I mean, what I'm saying is... For Eve's sake, having been victim as a right. woman, being victimized by a woman, we have to recognize that women are just as capable of violence and abuse and psychopathic behavior or confused denial acting out their own abuse behavior as men are. And that they are ju- just as capable of receiving such abuse from women. Right. Yeah. And it's terrifying. And all you got to do is like reverse the genders and it is not a false analogy. Right. It's a real analogy. Right. What what I'm doing when we're reversing the genders is we're 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 switching it up so that you can relate. Yeah. <laughs> because most people have a narrative in their head about being terrorized by a male, you yeah. know? And it's like I we're only switching it so that, you know, you can you can feel the feelings that people feel as they're being raped and assaulted by a woman. Right. You know? All right. So in conclusion, thank you, Eve, for prompting us to talk about this. 
there are so many victims out there, um, so many victims like you in the past, Eve, who didn't even know that you've been victimized. And even if they do know they were victimized, they don't feel like they can come forward because there's almost nothing on the internet to uh, help validate or be a place for people to talk about it. Right. And even if they do come forward, people will tend to play down what happened to them. It's, you know, it's terrible. Yep. My recommendations for everybody is let's not refer to perps as male. Let's just say people, just like we don't refer to engineers as male. Um, let's try to raise awareness. Let's also don't laugh at jokes involving female perpetrators or rape in general, honestly, but yep. particularly female perpetrators. Like, just don't laugh at the jokes and the comics will stop saying and don't upvote things on Reddit that involve that kind of stuff. Um, or shame them for upvoting it. <laughs> um, if someone tells you a story about a female perp, uh, take it just as seriously as you would if the perp were male. Yeah. Um, also, do you clinicians out there, do some research in this area. I'm telling you, if, if you're looking for a dissertation idea, dissertations that by requirement you have to do something new. Right. Novel. And in some areas, it's really hard to find. One of the biggest tasks you have to do is you have to read and review every single <laughs> study that has ever been done, potentially in any language, right. related to your topic, to make sure that your study has not already been done. Right. <laughs> uh, it is an arduous task, but one of the best things you can do to save yourself the trouble, because it can take years to find out the answer to that question. Right is to pick something that is obviously under-researched. Under-researched. <laughs> yeah. This is one of them. So if you want to save yourself, you know, weeks of lit review, and even just writing the lit review, because there's not much to write on, uh, women on women, sexual violence is a potential thing to do. Also write about it, blog about it, Reddit about it. Um, and also, if, if, you're, if you're having trouble imagining you know, and really getting it into your bones that a woman can be just as terrifying as a man. Seek out stories and get a clear picture from, um, from people about accounts about female perpetrators. Yep. Might be hard to find, so we need to also tell stories. What's the final word, Berto? Yeah, I mean, from my experience, uh, of course, I, I experienced firsthand the fact that, yes, females uh, absolutely can be uh, sexual perpetrators. I also know that... Um, in my experience, boundaries can be really hard to know, especially if you've been through these kind of things. And if you are a female in this society, you already you already probably are not on your guard when it comes to another female because of all the things we've been talking about. Uh, and you yourself might not be on the guard of you abusing because you don't think of it that way. Um, so, you know... <laughs> Talking, therapy, reading, introspection, I think we all can use it. I just remembered another short I'll just tell a very short story. Someone was in a, uh, a woman was in a, um, like a spring break vacation kind of situation. And she was drugged and assaulted by women. Huh? Are you kidding? There were men also involved, but you could argue the perpetrators were women. Wow. Yeah. Uh, and 
it was super criminal and super traumatic and super oh like the classic stories that you hear. Yeah. Right. But in your head, you know, roofing and all that yeah, kind of yeah, stuff, right. you think, oh, man. The man roofing, right? yeah. But, uh, but no, women are, right. you know, why not, right? Unbelievable. Well, that does it for that episode of Psychology in Seattle. Thanks for joining us out there. If you have a story and you care to share it and you want me to tell, talk about it on the podcast, uh, let me know. Email us at contact at psychologyinseattle.com. And please take care of yourself because you deserve it. Thank you.